A rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. Hi, welcome to Law and Horror. I'm your host, Jeanette, and in a horror movie, I would survive by hiding until I'm forgotten. And I'm your other host, Julie. In a horror movie, I would die investigating the strange sound. (laughs) Now I am also recording. I think I was waiting. I was expecting you to do like one, two, three, mark like they did in the movie. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You failed me. I did. I'm so sorry. I'm just trying to go before all my equipment fucking fails me. Because <laughs> today has just not been my day for whatever reason. <sighs> yeah. Well, I actually should not have any random equipment malfunctions because thanks to my boyfriend, Josh, I have a new computer. Yay! So my old MacBook Pro that I had for about nine years that was fully dying has now been retired (laughs) and I have a computer that I can actually have multiple open projects at once and it doesn't crash for no reason it doesn't take me 10 minutes to save a garage van I feel like the world is my oyster (laughs) that is so amazing when you told me that I just like went to air and I was like Josh bought Julia MacBook like what have you done for me lately (laughs) (laughs) didn't he buy you a MacBook like two years ago though I mean, technically, it's from the joint account. So, like, yes oh, and no. So, you're like, I bought myself a MacBook. Excuse me. I bought me. myself a MacBook. <laughs> and I also want to shout out my sister, Jennifer, who is apparently our biggest fan, even though I said in the Forest episode that I wouldn't save her from Okegahara. So, that's cool of her to still listen to <laughs> So, like, she's be clearly the better sister. Yay, Jennifer. Uh, obviously. <laughs> if it's a competition, she won. no i absolutely love i love hearing i love the shirt that she sent you (gasps) so jelly beans yes (laughs) so jelly beans yeah maybe maybe like by season two we'll have some swag i have no idea we'll see where it takes us because you know we're gonna be doing um this episode then we've got one more we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back presumably just in time for the halloween horror oh my god i'm so excited i'm already like we might have to do our movie list differently next time because I'm already like, this is the movie I want to do this week. So <laughs> I might just like give you an outline and you have no choice in the outline because <laughs> I'm a dick. Uh, you have never, ever, ever led me astray when it comes to horror movies. So I fully trust your direction and <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So uh, any other shout outs? Nope. That's all I have. Those are the only people I like in the world right now other than you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. All right. So then do you want to do the film that we are doing for today? Yes. Especially since it's kind of a surprise. Surprise! We are doing Event Horizon. It came out in 1997. It's written by Philip Eisner. It's directed by Paul Anderson. And it stars Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, and Kathleen Quinlan, among others. Among lots of others. Yeah, yeah, this is an old one. Big cast. Oh, so good. But yeah, Paul Anderson, I didn't realize till I was watching. Um, turns out we own the DVD, the special edition DVD. <laughs> <laughs> and um, had you seen this one before? No, I, I wasn't <gasps> sure because I, I went through a really strong like sci-fi phase in like middle school. So yes. I thought maybe I had seen it and just couldn't remember it. But I after watching it last night, I don't think I've ever seen it. 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. Um, this was some, well, you know what, here, let me get into the summary and then I'll tell you my story. It's not really a story, it's just a very quick statement. All right, so if you're already familiar with the film, uh, go ahead and skip forward about two minutes and Julie, feel free to tune me out. <laughs> <laughs> In 2047, a distress signal is received from the event horizon, a starship that disappeared during its maiden voyage to Proxima Centura seven years previously that has mysteriously reappeared in a decaying orbit around Neptune. The rescue vessel, Lewis and Clark, is dispatched. The distress signal seems to consist of a series of screams and howls, but the crew's doctor believes he can discern the Latin phrase, Liberate me, save me, being spoken. Upon boarding the event horizon, the crew finds evidence of a massacre. As they search for survivors, the ship's gravity drive activates, briefly pulling Justin into the resulting portal and causing a shockwave that damages the Lewis and Clark and forces the entire crew to now take refuge on the event horizon. Justin emerges in a catatonic state, terrified by what he saw on the other side. He attempts suicide by decompression, but is ended up saved by Miller, the captain, forcing the crew to place him in stasis, and we kind of forget about him for the rest of the movie. The team begins to experience apparitions of individuals from their past that only they can see, hallucinations corresponding to their fears and regrets. They also discover a horrific video log which ends with the complete Latin phrase, Liberate tutime ex inferis, save yourself from hell. They realize that the ship's gravity drive opened a gateway to a hellish dimension outside the known universe, and that the event horizon has somehow attained sentience. Peters is lured to her death by a hallucination of her son. Weir, who has gouged out his own eyes, is now possessed by the evil presence, uses an explosive device to destroy the Lewis and Clark, killing Smith and blasting Cooper off into space. He kills the Dr. DJ by dissecting him alive and corners Stark on the bridge. Miller confronts Weir. Weir overpowers Miller and initiates a 10-minute countdown until the event horizon will return to the other dimension. Miller, Stark, and Cooper survive and manage to seal off the ship's bridge. Miller then sacrifices himself and detonates explosives to save his remaining crew. Stark and Cooper enter stasis behind a comatose Justin and wait to be rescued. 72 days later, the wreckage of the event horizon is boarded by another rescue party who discover them. Stark sees Weir posing as one of the rescuers and screams in terror. This is revealed to be a nightmare with Stark actually waking up moments later. Cooper and the rescue team comfort the newly awakened and terrified Stark as the bulkheads close. Were they comforting her, though? (laughs) I don't know. I I need a sedative! (laughs) (laughs) This woman's hysterical. (laughs) Obviously. She has a uterus, so she's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Eyeballs. I just saw the metric we're using. <laughs> you are welcome. Like, Gravity drives? Spaceships? <laughs> I for, at first Stars. I put black holes and then I was like, no. No. <laughs> okay. So I'm really excited to hear what yours was, especially because I didn't realize you'd never seen this. Um, so tell me your score and why. Okay. I feel like a dick. Um, I want to, I want to tell you, like, there was like a kind of a process to my scoring. I'm going to be completely honest. After I finished watching the movie last night, I was sitting there. I'm like one, (laughs) (laughs) 
But <laughs> after thinking about it and like e- like looking through like your your highlights outline that you makes um that so mm-hmm. we can have talking points like after like glancing through that and everything I'm like I'm I'm going to give it a three out out of five eyeballs just out of like respect for you know the fact that it like did some things that were very unique for the time that it kind of like treaded on new ground a little bit. Um, and it did have some really good moments. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give it three out of five. Nice. <laughs> but I'm going to be honest. Like I wasn't like, I didn't like enjoy it's- it <laughs> as I was sitting there watching it. And I wasn't like, Oh my God, this is so good. Like I was just kind of like, <laughs> what is happening and why? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, that's that's totally fair. Okay, so I gave it a 3.5 out of 5, and I'll tell you why. Because for some reason, I can't remember how old I was when I first saw this movie, but this was something that I used to always watch, like, with my dad when I was younger. Like, we had the old VHS, because, like, I grew up on Alien and, like, all those types of movies. And so, to me, this one is like, oh my gosh, it's like another Alien, but... It's not as good, but as a kid, nowhere near as good. Alien's a perfect movie. Perfect movie. Oh, so good. Um, but (laughs) this one, I just, I, I've been so traumatized from my childhood (laughs) that I have this memory of this movie being like the scariest movie I've ever seen. You know, Mm. so there's like, so I think I give it an extra point just for like the sheer terror I had when I was younger and then rewatching it now, I was just kind of like, well, this doesn't make sense. And I know a lot of other better space movies. And then with the gore, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. The gore was actually something I feel like they did really well in this movie. They did, but yeah, I don't like it. I, don't uh, like it. <laughs> I could not get over it. This was the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> okay, it was really, really old. <laughs> I mean, it was 1997. Old. I mean, I I've seen eight, like horror movies that took place in the 80s, and I realize it's not CGI, but I'm like, why didn't you just not have CGI and just that's a yeah yeah because the CGI was awful and it really like took me out of the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what's b- bummer is that when I was watching the special features, they they spent a lot on prosthetics and stuff. And so I feel like had they focused more on that and some other like camera techniques and stuff, like you wouldn't, like you said, wouldn't have had to rely on it so much. But maybe in 1997, you were like, oh my God. But you're right. Yeah, we're talking maybe. around the time The Matrix, shortly after that. I mean, three years later, we have the first Lord of the Rings. Like, Oh, technology that's a really there. good point. It's only because I'm currently watching them right now. Oh. And Aaron was like, this came out in 2001, 2, and 3. And it was like, oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> like, this puts a lot of other movies to shame. Right. No, very much so. I, I forgot that the Lord of the Rings movies were that old. But now that you point yeah. that out, I'm like, yeah, I do, I do remember seeing them when I was very young. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I just think a lot of my favorite sci-fi movies are from the 80s. So I'm like, so you don't mm. need CGI to make a great sci-fi movie. Yeah. Yes, I I completely agree with you. Because you want your film to be able to sort of stand the test of time. And arguably things like, um, you know, The Shining, Halloween, um, all those types of films that we love. Even Texas Chainsaw. Oh, my God. That shit is fucking scary and horrifying and doesn't rely on CG to do so. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, I think that the 90s movies who relied on bad CG because they were like, mm. oh, it's such, it's a technological advance. They're, they're the ones that aren't holding up now. 
Like they're the Ooh, ones that are yes, hard to I... watch now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. It takes you out of it. It really does. Yeah. Okay, but I did want to start with, um, because I just love the concept so much when you're watching an older movie that's set in the future. <laughs> oh my god, yes, I made the same note where I'm like, I love it when they make bad predictions about what technology will have. <laughs> oh my god. Like, nope, world's probably even shittier than it was in 1997, people. I don't know what you thought was going to happen. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So yeah, um, it starts off with, in the year 2015, the first permanent colony was established on Mars. Nope, we're still like 50 years away from that. (laughs) If ever. (laughs) (laughs) In the year 2032, commercial mining begins on Mars. For what? (laughs) What are we mining? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what we're doing there. (laughs) We went out of rock on the earth. (laughs) And then in the year 2040, that's when the Event Horizon launched to explore boundaries of the solar system with this insane, not hyperdrive, they call it a gravity drive, but it allows them to create a temporary black hole and just like, poop, bend space and time and magically travel josh got so mad at me while we were watching this movie because i kept being like how did that ship move so fast he was like they're gonna explain it (laughs) oh yeah aaron was like conveniently watching it with me and he would just tune in for like the science part and be like doesn't work like that or that's not that's not exactly what they mean and then he would like be gone for all the like really gross death scenes where i'm like ah help So what did you think of how they started off sort of explaining what the event horizon was, is? It didn't, I I don't know if maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention, but I just, I I just thought it was like a lost ship. I didn't really understand the significance of the ship. And also because I don't watch trailers and I don't like read like little summaries and stuff. I had, I walked into this movie cold. Like I had no idea what it was, except (laughs) that it was in space and that they were like looking for a lost ship. So I kept waiting for there to be monsters and then there were ah, no monsters, which was so, Mim is sad. <laughs> yes, so actually, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound very like snobby as, as if I read the book, but really I just watched special features. Um, and, <laughs> and apparently, um, the original uh, story was supposed to have aliens in it, or 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 monsters or creatures, and then um, the director changed it. Oh, so there's a book that's like completely different than the movie. I don't know if it's a book or the screenplay. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm fair not enough. Clear. But whatever it was that the studio purchased, it was supposed to have aliens. Imagine being that script writer. That would piss me the fuck off. Why even buy oh, my yeah. script? <laughs> you changed everything. I had yeah, aliens. Uh, that's a re- yeah, is it even recognizable once it goes through the Hollywood, you know, tunnel of tunnel of change or I don't know what I would call it. I, the tunnel, the Hollywood tunnel of change. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be something better. Don't use that. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's something that always baffles me when they like buy books um, in particular, like books that I've read mm-hmm. and they make them in the movies and it is unrecognizable. Like the characters might have the same names and there might be like a general idea that's the same, mm-hmm. but everything else is drastically changed. I'm like, why did you even bother to buy the rights right. to this book because you didn't follow it. Right. 
I, I'd be very curious what they uh, spend. Maybe I'll do a little research next time. But, like, what what you can get for someone purchasing your movie rights to your book or something. Like, if it if it's, oh, it's only 10 grand. So, for a studio, it's just easier to do that than deal with a loss. You know, because there's no, so... No, I don't think so. I think it's, like, $2 million or something. Oh, my God, Julie, get writing. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, and maybe I'm just thinking sell of like, out <laughs> damn it maybe I'm thinking of like massive bestsellers or something but like no I, fe- I feel like that's where the money's at like you make way more money if you can get a studio to like buy the movie rights to your book than you actually will in book sales mm. yeah I don't know yeah now I want to like call up Stephen King and be like hey how's this work <laughs> How do you deal with this? <laughs> I mean, and I don't, I, to be fair, I don't think that most of that money goes into the writer's pocket. I think it's something where the publishing house actually sells the rights and like uh, takes a big portion of that. And then they distribute that the, you know, another portion to the writer and whatever. That makes sense. And it probably depends on what studio buys it and like the, like how well the book sold and how much money the studio expects to make off of it. Yada, 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 yada. And how good of a contract lawyer you have. Also that. <laughs> okay, let's talk about what you described as the meat grinder hallway, because that's another point where I, where Josh got really mad at me. <laughs> oh, no, wait, what do you get mad about? Tell me. Because they walk into that room, and I'm like, this is fucking stupid. What even is this room? What purpose does it serve? And he's like, they're going to explain it. <laughs> he was over my shit. Um- yeah i felt like i was gonna watch this and have some like epiphany or like merge my childhood fears with my adult fears and no i just still was kind of like yeah this is just a creepy movie um (laughs) but yeah so they they have this hallway that it's almost like a um a uh what's the thing when you go to a carnival those like fun houses and they have those twisty tunnels the tunnel of change with Hollywood now twisty tunnels. And- I think that's okay. why I was immediately like put off by it. Cause I'm like, this is something, this is a prop for like a haunted house. This isn't like mm. a real science thing. They're just doing this just because they think it'll make us like disoriented. And it did. It did. Oh my gosh. And then again, sorry, I don't mean to keep jumping in with like behind the scenes facts, but apparently they had to shoot it. Like the scene where they go down a hall, the hallway like that is a, it's, um, like spliced because no actor could actually stay straight on it and neither could the camera guy because it's so it's such an optical illusion yeah so it was even like extra like why are you doing this you can't even film it properly (laughs) right um well and also it actually would have been better for the movie if they had had the actor like stumbling down the hallway yeah because that's what really happens when you walk into those like twisty hallways they're so disorienting yeah. that you do like stumble and like you lean against the banister and stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah. Your your feet start going left and you're leaning right and you're like, Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I didn't even think about that until you just said that, but that's they should have just let the actors stumble down the They should have let them stumble. Yeah, but they've got this like, it's not like a smooth, twisty surface the way it is in a fun house. It's got these like, almost like teeth to it. So that's why it looks like a meat grinder. It just looks like it's like just about to snag you and yeah. you up. Um, but yeah, I just, I did love the details of the ship. Like, I don't know whether they made any scientific sense, but, <laughs> but, but the, um, 
the way the doors open and close, like even the doors, it's not like a smooth separation. It's like it's it's like four pieces that twist and open and they have like little like drilly teeth. So it was like, oh my gosh, if that closes on you, like it, it looks like teeth that are snapping down and and everything has yeah. spikes and spirals. And I just woo. it I mean. It's definitely not an aerodynamic <laughs> ship, but they did the they did the thing with the door so they could constantly have people like dive through them. Oh my god, yes, gotta have that. <laughs> but not just like, oh no, I'm gonna be clamped. It's like I'm gonna be shredded if this hits. <laughs> I'm gonna be tatumed. <laughs> tatumed. Ah! <laughs> Oh, and then we've got like blood and tissue on the walls that sort of no one's really noticing right away. And oh my god, I did love the um the floating dead body, the corpsicle. And then when they turn the gravity <laughs> back on, it just falls in shatter. Oh <laughs> I was dying. Oh my god, I was so I like forgot that it must have been so cold in there. I don't know why I forgot. So when it fell and did that, I was like, "Oh no, someone's got to clean that up." Like Josh asked me at another place, like, "What do you think they did with the corpse I'm Like they just swept him up. Like what do you mean? What did they do with him? So apparently, the goal for the film was that um, the reason why he took out aliens was that he wanted this to feel like a haunted house in space. So going into all the hallucinations that people start to have, do you feel that, like, what did you feel this film was? I don't know. And that's why I originally gave it <laughs> one yeah. eyeball. I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> honest. Like, I I, rem- I spent a lot of this movie just sitting there wondering what was going on. And, like, and mm. when the movie started and we got introduced to the whole cast, I, I got very excited because I'm like, oh, man, look at all this space fodder. We're just going to have yes! people dropping like flies and the tension's going to be super high. But really, most people, like, it kind of everybody just died at the end. Yeah. Like, all at once, except for the survivors, of course. Mm-hmm. But the deaths that we did get all kind of happened in the last, like, half of the movie. And I spent a good chunk of the first half of the movie just being like, when is the plot going to start? I don't understand right. what the stakes are. I don't understand who the bad guy is. Like, Dr. Wurr, um, is it Wurr or Weir? Weir. Dr. Weir, I mean, he was definitely, like, kind of antagonistic and creepy, but I wasn't totally mm-hmm. sure yet if he was a bad guy. And right. then they introduced, like, that that gravity drive, and, like, you see how it gets weird and stuff, but I was still like, are there aliens? Like, what's, what's mm-hmm. happening? Like, so I just felt like without context, I didn't get it. At least not until the very end of the movie. Yeah, and even from what I had remembered as a kid, I thought somehow, like, it was, like, literally hell. Like, somehow they, like, literally went to hell as opposed to, like, this whole other dimension, other, you know, whatever it was that they stumbled upon. And I'm with you, where I was surprised that we really only have three people out of the entire crew experiencing hallucinations Mm -hmm. and that could and and plus they start off the film with weir i mean it's a it's a nightmare or as aaron would say a nightmare oh my god side tangent (laughs) aaron thinks nightmare is pronounced nightmare he thinks that like he argues with you about that because he's wrong 
This is like an ongoing point of contention. If we ever watch a, like if a show is on or a movie is on and someone says the word nightmare, he's like, see, nightmare. And I'm just like, I'm gonna, I'm like gonna he's hearing, you. he's hearing nightmare when people yeah, say nightmare. It's like, it drives me absolutely insane. Okay, ending tangent. But he's having a nightmare in the beginning of his late wife. And so I felt like they were already trying to start you off on like this, oop, we spooked you. And it was like, well, but now I'm just confused. So when Weir gets on the ship and he starts to have these hallucinations, I was like, did he... Was the ship already sending those? To, like, I just, I wasn't clear. And I feel like they just added his wife in there so they could have boobs. Oh, my God. Right. If you're going to be in space, we still got to have boobs. Right. And, like... Got to find a way. But somehow she climbed into the bathtub and committed suicide with her underwear on, but otherwise totally naked. Yes. Yeah. Because Hollywood is terrified of the vagina. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, but you had, like you said, like fodder, we had all of these people that we could have had. I mean, we do, we have, um, Peters who she's like the mama bear. She sees hallucinations of her That was also so weird. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you as you're trying to make points, but I thought it was so bizarre that they called her mama bear though. Like when Justin's out in the airlock and we'll talk about that in a minute. And he's like, mama Mm. bear. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Is this some like weird sexual thing? (laughs) I I didn't like it. It, like, I didn't like it. <laughs> it was a weird thing for nicknames. Like, I just, I just didn't follow. Um, and then Weir sees his dead wife all over the place. And then Captain Miller sees um, this burning man who is one of his former crewmates from when he was younger. But we don't get anything from DJ, who's the doctor. We don't get anything from Cooper, who is the... Um, guy who gets blasted into space Mm. and we don't get anything from hold please smith who is the one who gets exploded oh i completely forgot about smith like i forgot that that was a character that existed altogether right you have this you have this really like rich cast of potential things you could do with and you're right like to me you could remove cooper smith honestly a little bit of Peters. Now, you know what? I, I, th- I say maybe actually even the doctor, but I did like the doctor a lot. I, I like that actor because I'm just like, oh no, you're Lucius Malfoy. Ah! <laughs> oh my God, is that Lucius Malfoy? That is Lucius Completely Malfoy. missed it. Completely missed it. <laughs> I, I, only, I only know that because I was just looking at him and I was like, I know you from something. <laughs> so here, here's a problem I had with Dr. Weir mm-hmm. and his dead wife. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they even brought that up because he clearly wasn't pining for her he was pining Mm. for his ship yes so why was he even being tortured with images of her like we never like he yes we had the moment where he says to her like i wasn't there when you needed me Mm -hmm. and like my heart was breaking for her because clearly she felt so alone and her husband was like off in space doing space things and it just kind of like abandoned her. So like I felt bad yeah. for her, but what did this actually contribute to Dr. Weir's storyline? Cause he wasn't, I was waiting for it to be like, this ship will take me to the dimension where my wife is. I was waiting right. for something like that. And that never came to fruition. So what was I even agree. the point of having her there? Yeah. I think in their mind, they probably thought that they were, 
putting the two together because she says to him like you can come be with me but it's it's the hallucination talking and the connection isn't clear that it's this other presence and that other presence in and of itself is so unknown and so vague um and i feel like they were trying to go with the type of monster creature horror movies where you never quite see the bad guy or bad thing fully because Mm -hmm. they think that that increases the fear and it's like well in this you just added confusion i don't think you guys like the directors and them director and them had a clear vision for what this entity was and then therefore you got pieces of okay well is the bad guy wooing weir with his dead wife yeah has he possessed weir um like is weird debt, but then he comes back. So is that even weird or is he just a shape-shifting entity? Like it's, it's so not clear that I'm not really scared when I am confused like that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Normally I go the other way when we have these discussions where I'm like, no, mm-hmm. mystery creates more fear when you don't understand. But yeah. this is definitely a film that really is perfect and perfectly proves your point <laughs> that if you're too confused to be afraid, that's a failure. Yeah, but, like, because they were confused, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. But I will say the one thing that fucking gets me every time, doesn't matter how kind of off the CG might be in certain scenes, when Justin attempts suicide by decompression. Oh, that's awful. No, that did... Josh and I thought about that scene, too. But I was wrong, so it's fine. (laughs) Oh, no, I didn't even... I just was, like... I just was, like, sitting there, like, no, 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 no. And then when he snaps out of it for whatever reason, I was also not clear, like, why we're snapping out. And then he's, like, wait, like, let me out. Why am I in here? And it was, like, oh, my God. Like, oh. Oh, see, that scene should have been heartbreaking for me. I completely understand where you're coming from. But I thought that actor was so bad that I was, like, (laughs) I can't, I can't feel bad for you because your acting here is so bad. Like, I don't yeah. feel like you're actually afraid. And then, of course, they brought in the mama bear stuff, too, which just really took me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, them calling her mama bear would have, it was the equivalent, of the like, the viewer equivalent for me is if they had called, like, Lawrence Fishburne's character daddy. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. The characters themselves, I know that Peters is the mother of the group. You sure. don't need to actually call her mama bear. Yeah. They could have just said at one point, she's our mama bear, and then, like, never called her that again, and I would have gotten the same emphasis, and it would not have weirded me out so much. Because, like, we all yeah. have had the job, like, at our office and stuff where it's like, this is the mom of the office, or, you know, whoever. Totally. So, like, that's, <laughs> they didn't need to keep emphasizing the mama bear. And then, like, I just, I just felt nothing from that actor. So, like, the scene mm-hmm. itself was disturbing just because of the context, but I felt mm-hmm. like it could have been so much better. Honestly, this is a movie <laughs> that I want them to remake. Because I'm like, there's so many good ideas here, but the execution is so shitty. (laughs) I'm like, I just want you to, can we have a do-over, a 2020 (laughs) do-over? Ooh, that would be good. Yeah. Then we'll set everything in the year 2025. (laughs) (laughs) When we have a colony on Mars, mining for question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a group of people who realize, literally, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. (laughs) Oh, my God. It could be, like, the Underwear Gnomes plot from South Park where it's, like, establish colony on Mars. Step two, mine on Mars. Step three, question mark, question mark, question mark. Step four, profit. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. 
Profit. America. America. America's going to lead the charge on this. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, so just to follow up on the other days, then we have Peter. Peter's dying, but she's chasing her son. And that one was just kind of odd to me because they are referencing the hallucinations. And I know this is something we struggle with. We talked about this in the forest. I struggle with... I... I... <sighs> have to pretend that like okay if I were to actually see that what would I think but I've never experienced hallucinations I can't relate to it so I'm watching it going all of us literally had a team meeting about hallucinations and now we're following our hallucination (laughs) and she never seems to have a moment where she doubts it like there's never a moment where she's like like okay to compare it to the forest and how the forest did it better which I feel like is probably blasphemy to some people, but the forest did do it better. When it better. Sarah's walking through the forest with her twine and the hallucinations are like, turn away, Sarah, turn around, Sarah. And she's like, you're not real. Yes. We never have a moment where they actually like were, or at least with Peters, we never have a moment where she's yeah. like, you're not my son. And somehow the, the orb or gravity ball, whatever it is. Gravity ball. <laughs> gravity ball <laughs> it's like tricks her into following it like she just blind like with this weird like spaced out pun intended like mm-hmm. look on her face she just follows her son even though she knows yeah. or she should know she's an intelligent woman she's a fucking astronaut and mm-hmm. it's not easy to become an astronaut you don't just don't you don't just go and get a bachelor's degree and now you're an astronaut like yes. she's a fucking astronaut <laughs> And she's like blindly following this kid that she knows she knows is a hallucination or she should know is a hallucination. Right. Right. And and that's a really good point is that like she knows her son is on, I assume Earth or maybe the Mars colony. I don't know where they're, but like he's with his dad for Christmas or for something and she'll get him for Christmas or I can't remember what the. She'll get him for the summer. Was. I don't know why I remember Summer. That. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, and so like, there's just no question like, oh yeah, my son's on the ship now. And it's, it's just hard for me to get to a space where that would just block out all reality. Yeah. So, um, after that, Weir gouges out his eyes. Yes. Ugh. I liked that scene. No. I also did not get, um, this is embarrassing, but uh, you know when Weir is seeing his wife and she has her eyes closed for most of it and then she'll open them that like her eyeballs are missing? Mm -hmm. Like the CG was so bad. I think I just thought they were bloody eyes when I was younger. (laughs) I don't think I understood that like there weren't, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like there could have been a better way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like even um, contacts. Contacts instead of CGI. Did they not have those like weird contacts in the 90s? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because like I buy those every Halloween. They're not hard to get. Oh. <laughs> um, and then uh, Smith just blows up. That one I did think was, a, a again, he's a forgettable character because they just don't do enough with him. I don't even remember he, him blowing up. Oh, I do well, remember. <laughs> Yeah, he finds the explosive, and it's literally okay. One, the captain ordered you to get out, but he disobeys a direct order. Which well, is he also just like... fixed the ship, Nettie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really related to him in that scene where he's like, "No, I just fixed it." <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but but then he like finds the he finds the uh, detonator, the explosive thing, and it's got a countdown, which is super convenient to do, <laughs> and it goes like. Five, four, three, two, one. So he has just enough time to like, he just lowers his head. He realizes there's nothing he can do. And, and I don't think it was an incredibly powerful scene, no. but 
I thought the concept of that was really like could have been intense. Like holy shit. Again, you can do. Great premise. Yeah. Failed yes. execution uh, execution. Yes. Uh and then <laughs> Cooper goes flying into space. <laughs> This also took me out of, like, the horror of, like, the general storyline when Cooper's like, why does this always happen to me? And, like, we're having this, like, comedic, like, there was this period in the 90s where black characters, like, black male characters were always just, like, comedic relief. Yeah. So, like, that's problematic. Like, they don't, they don't get to have, like, their own storyline. They're just there to make us laugh. Cooper doesn't. Cooper doesn't at all. He's, he's the, he hits on Stark all the time. And he's, I mean, he's very good. Oh, my God. I did. I was cracking up when he asked her if she wanted something hot and black inside of her. And he was holding the coffee. <laughs> He's smooth. We'll give him that. He's very smooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, and then, yeah, and then Cooper, like... Spoiler is going to somehow use his oxygen tank, even though he's clearly way out in fucking outer space. Like, he, like, uses his air and he starts to fly back towards the... What are they? They're near a planet where the event horizon Neptune. is. Ne- oh, yeah. Thank you, Neptune. That's right, because it's blue. Which is so and far he's, like, away. he, like, just, like, flies back into it. And I was like, okay, I don't I don't know anything about science, but I know enough that you are this itty-bitty little guy in space and you just pick a direction, you could be off by thousands of miles. Right. And, like, he couldn't even, at least in the scene, I couldn't spot the ship as he's, like, flying back in that general direction. Uh, no. So I'm like, where <laughs> no. are you even, can you see the ship? Like... <laughs> No, we're just going to establish the first colony on Neptune now. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's got to do something. Like, he can't, like, he can't just yeah. let himself float off into space. But <laughs> Agreed. Oh, my God. Oh, that's a fear. Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then, oh, my gosh. Do you want to talk about the doctor? Uh, no. <laughs> you has to. You has to. I don't even understand what happened here. So he like stabs the doctor. Why did the doctor have like, did the actor just have a scar on his chest that they never. Oh, okay. So fun fact, the actor decided to give his character a backstory. And even though we have one anyway. Yep. And um, in it, uh, the doctor had had a heart issue and surgery which somehow resulted in a scar from the top of his chest to his navel. Um, that's not how heart, like open heart surgery would right. scar you as it's a, a child. It's a huge scar. It's a huge scar. It's too big. He would only have it for, like on his chest. But what he says is specifically that when you, uh, which I didn't notice, um, when you watch the film, you see him like subconsciously kind of like scratching at it. So it's like something that he like constantly touches and, and circles back to. So the idea is that the way he's going to die, this is one of his greatest fears or childhood traumas, but we have nothing to get from that oh. unless you watch the actor make the connection for you in the special features. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't understand that. That's what was happening at all. Not at yeah. all. No, if you, no, um, you would not have a scar that goes all the way down that far. For me, I was just like, "Oh, we already like." I, I didn't. I didn't get. I noticed it, but I didn't get what it was. Because to me, you there's no modern day operation that would result in a scar like that. Yeah, from surgery. Well, and honestly, because I 
because they didn't talk about it at all in the movie, I just assumed that the actor had some weird scar. And I was like, oh, I guess they should have covered that up. Like, that's where my brain went. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's a confusion type thing that's not addressed and therefore like I'm not scared of it. It's not like, "Oh my god, Julie, they're going to they're going to do the thing that he's the most afraid of." Like, yeah. Nope. Just weird little thing. So Dr. Weir like throws him on a table and just rips off his shirt and stabs him. Um I'm not sure exactly at what point he died during this I whole know. thing or like what exactly was done to him. It kind of reminded me of the Blood Eagle from Midsummer. <gasps> I know. Yeah. But he, yep. like, he eventually, like, hangs him and, like, he's hanging by his own skin, which is gross. Mm. And, like, his, his entire chest is open and all his organs are on the table. This was another thing where I'm just like, what does this black hole want? Like, what is the motivation for all of this? It's just chaos? Yeah. Right. Or, because when, what's going to happen next is that Weir to Miller is going to show him visions of, like, his crew being tortured horrifically. And it's like, well... Half of them are already dead. So does that mean they're safe? Or, like, are you going to somehow reanimate them when they come back to your dimension and now they're in literal hell? Or, like, I, I, I'm so confused. Yeah. Like, Weir is the only one that the portal seems to want to use him to, like, get the ship back. Or I thought they were going to try to spread it to the galaxy or something. And nope, we're just going to come right back. And I don't know. It was just, it was just weird. Yeah, I don't feel like I understand what the evil thing wanted. And if it just wanted, like, if it just wanted to torture people and that was its motivation, that's fine. Like, I can get on board Mm -hmm. with that, but I don't, I don't feel like that was clear. Right. It takes two seconds for Weir to be like, you know, imagine all it wants is just chaos. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to appease it. It'll never be satisfied because it'll always want more. And maybe that's what we were supposed to get when Weir was explaining to, um the captain about like what it was, how it opened like a door to another dimension. And he's like pure chaos. But then he also goes, it's evil, which for some reason that took me out of it too. I'm like saying that something is pure chaos is way more disturbing to me than saying it's evil. Like evil is such like a throwaway word now. Um, And, and they, they do seem to want to bring in this like religious overtony stuff which I'll get to a little bit with special features but the, like this religious overtone of hell and the concept of hell but it's it's not hell it's another dimension so are you trying to be religious are you trying to mesh these things together like I'm I'm not clear I'm not clear on what I'm supposed to be afraid of okay so then we'll just kind of jump to like thoughts on the ending so that's going to include the showdown with Weir we get lots more flashes of like the crew being tortured uh and then ultimately we have the very, very, oh yeah, let's just talk about the ending, just like with the showdown. I don't think oh. there's really much to talk about. They just sort of, no. like, you know. The showdown kind of whatever to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I just... kind of forgot about it. When I was making my outline, I was getting really into like, oh yeah, and then we're going to have like the corpsicle and then the meat grinder hallway and then the hallucination start. And then I'm like, oh yeah, fuck, we got to talk about the ending. And you know, it's just, it's just a fight in space. Yeah. Oh, I do want to talk about when we're in the captain 
is is that his title captain or am I just calling him captain? No, he he is the captain. Now. Okay, okay, sweet. All right. I'm like what <laughs> wait for his title to be like lieutenant colonel and I'm like the captain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so when we're and the captain are having um their like little showdown and suddenly like Cooper hits the glass and then for some reason <laughs> Weir shoots the glass. What what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck was the point of that like cooper can't get in the ship right now like he's gonna run out of oxygen and just okay yeah like i don't understand why he shot the glass and then he ended up just killing himself when he did that yeah so (laughs) i don't (laughs) yeah it did it seemed very anticlimactic with everything that was going on and then it's like even that, though, with Weir dying is sort of like another fake out because Miller is going to go to Captain is going to go bring the explosives to the gravity drive to just destroy it at its source before the portal can open or I'm not super clear. Um, and like the, the burning man appears again, who then morphs into Weir. And then he's like, I told you the ship would never let me go. And it's like, well, I don't understand. Are you actually back? Is this Weir's consciousness? This clearly is just some shape-shifting apparition. So, like, Weir's really dead, not super scary. And, like, I don't know. Yeah. But he's, like, got, like, carvings all over his face and stuff. And I don't like that. Oh, that was definitely really creepy. That's one of the gore things that I actually like. I liked it, but I didn't like it. Like, I can appreciate it, but, like, it made my stomach hurt. (laughs) Yeah. It was was very well done. I will say, I feel like the prosthetics, I don't know if that's the correct term for them, but the makeup and special stuff like that really holds up. It looks gnarly when they've got the, like, face gouging and the blood and the... Yeah. Yeah. And, And then we've got a fake out ending, which... I fucking hate those. I mean, there's probably, like, one example out there where I'm like, this was actually done well. But for the most part, I hate that. I hate fake-out ending. Yeah. I I remember thinking, like, oh, because I couldn't remember. It only works one time. I couldn't remember if somehow they actually got away. So I was like, oh, shit, Weir's back. And then it's like, nope, it's just, like, the beginning when we had a fake nightmare. And it's like, eh. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. I just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last thing I wanted to say, because um was just that. Sorry, I feel like I'm talking so much this episode. I no, so please sorry. do. I, normally it's me. So <laughs> no, it's not. Um, But I, I I'm curious if you felt there was I uh, and I'm not good with remembering the years everything came out. So obviously this could have technically been the inspiration for something else. But. I felt like I was watching this thinking about a lot of other movies. Mm. So obviously it makes me think of Alien with the crew meeting in the central circular hub when uh, Weir is explaining the uh, Event Horizon gateway. And The Shining for the blood crashing elevator scene, which then has no fucking point in the end of the movie we just have her staring as like blood fills this water tank. Yeah, what even was that? I don't understand. I have no idea. We just wanted to, like, honor The Shining. And then specifically, I haven't seen Hellraiser, but the gravity drive was supposed to be something very sleek. And he changed it to sort of mimic the puzzle box in Hellraiser. And and all those movies came out in the 80s and 70s. And this movie came out in the late 90s. 
the only other one, but it might not even be a thing, was just like the long hallway made me think of Lost in Space when they're like <laughs> fighting off the little the little spider bots. Sure. <laughs> like I don't know. I just. And it's, I don't believe this is, like, the OG film. So I just, I was trying to find the balance between, are you paying tribute or are you just, like, blatantly copying? Like... Well, at least as far as Hellraiser is concerned, it felt like blatant copying to me because the whole puzzle box in Hellraiser is that, like, if you solve the puzzle, you open up a door. Oh, fuck. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. So I'm just kind of like, so... The gravity box was, or the gravity drive was just basically a puzzle that was opening up another door. So I'm like, and Hellraiser came out in the 80s, I'm pretty sure. So. Oh, yeah. I th- Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? And, and and the director is going to cite these as things he was inspired by. But it's like, dude, you just copied. Like, I don't know if it was conscious, but. Does he know like, what inspired just... means? Because I don't think it means what right. he thinks it means. <laughs> Right. I, you know, I think he, in his mind, Weir is his, um, oh crap. Why am I forgetting The Shining? Uh, what is his name? Oh, Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Yes. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, the actor Jack Nicholson plays oh. somebody Torrance. Mm. Jack Torrance. Oh, Jack Torrance. Jack Torrance. Sorry. I was getting there. Um, like, I feel like Weir is his Jack Torrance, like the descent into madness. And it's like, no, you don't just get to like say that was weird descending into madness because i thought from the movie that he was always mad and that he was always just pining after and trying to get back to the ship i have no idea maybe that's a good point i don't know Ugh, that just like shows that this movie was done poorly yeah i actually want to change my score to a two okay that's totally fair i'm gonna adjust you and I'm going to drop mine to a 2.5 because that also the uh, yeah. because <laughs> sometimes talking about it makes me like like it more or remember it more. Yeah. And now it's just pissing me off. Same. Like at first when this morning when I was thinking back on it, I'm like, no, I was being too harsh. It's not that bad of a movie. But now that we've talked about it, I'm like, no, it's it's worse that I was like. Yeah. 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 But it totally has fucking potential. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if done. If well, done black correctly. holes are okay. scary. What is your law that you would enact from this film? Don't go into space. Oh my god, that was mine too! (laughs) I knew we were going to have the same law. Neither one of us have ever wanted to be astronauts. No. (laughs) No fucking desire. That is amazing. My backup law was always have a snappy comeback. (laughs) Does that help somebody? No, but it just, like, if you're going to go out, like, just make sure you got something, like, ready. Yeah. oh shit but yeah do not go into space bad things happen out there yeah oh fuck okay as if i haven't been talking enough are you ready for some film facts uh i have 10 of them but some are really short and some are a little longer so first and foremost the event horizon was apparently modeled after notre dame so they did like a scan of the cathedral and then kind of tried to morph it into a spaceship hence this religious overtone thing they were going for why i did not catch that (laughs) i don't know i don't know i just feel like they were like oh my gosh in the 90s we can scan a building and like do stuff in the computer and i was like well just because you can doesn't mean you should (laughs) like i don't think the notre dame makes a very efficient spacecraft (laughs) oh that's the title of this episode just because you can doesn't mean you should 
Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, okay, so the as, as I uh, already talked about, the rotating corridor nicknamed the meat grinder that separates the gravity drive from the rest of the ship is supposed to represent the nine circles of hell from Dante's Inferno. It leads into the very center of hell represented by the gravity drive itself cool concept no one's gonna notice that yeah um the spacesuits were so heavy 65 pounds a piece that the actors had resting posts built to give them breaks so for example fishburn who plays um captain miller could only stand in his for about five to ten minutes at a time which like what material are you using and why why so heavy I don't know. <laughs> you know, that was actually something that I got very distracted by at the beginning of the movie um, were the metallic boots that they used to, like, counteract the fact that the ship had no gravity. I'm like, uh-huh. what? It, like, are you not at risk for, like, it must be so hard to walk. I know you were not at risk for just, like, stepping out of your boot. Like, have you ever gotten, like, a shoe stuck in mud? And you're oh, like, my God, new fucking fear. <laughs> but they actually did that because trying to film them floating around and on wire work was too expensive. So then they literally just inserted this like click gravity boot, clink, clink, and now everybody can walk normally. I mean, that's fine. I just got distracted by, by like how hard um, it would be. Then- <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and then also with the spacesuits, I thought this was really cool, actually. I, I didn't notice it, but um, everyone's spacesuit has a flag showing hypothetical future political changes that occurred on Earth. So if a character is an American actor wearing a flag of the U.S., it has 55 stars on it. Characters played by British actors wore a European Union flag with 22 stars actually replacing the former Union flag because this movie predated the UK's voting to leave the European Union in 2016. Mm. Um, Sam Neill's character wears a modified Australian flag with the Union Jack removed from the top left-hand corner and the Aboriginal flag in its place. Oh, that's nice. I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I would actually believe these three things. Yeah, you know, that like in some future the U.S. got greedy and absorbed something, or, or <laughs> colonialism. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. U.S. isn't done yet, and that and that something like the Union Jack was replaced with an Aboriginal flag to honor the original peoples, the First Nation, who was actually there. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Uh, the film was <laughs> inspired by The Shining, Alien, The Haunting, and Hellraiser. The haunting, really? Yeah, he talks about that one a lot, too. I don't know. Huh. I think he thought he was doing that well with, like, the ghosty hallucination things. And I'm just like, you were not doing what you thought you were doing. I, I um, feel like this dude thinks he's way deeper than he is. Like, I feel like he's, like, one of those dudes that's like, nobody understands my genius. Nobody <laughs> Yeah, the movie he did before this one um, was Mortal Kombat. Ha! That was his big claim to fame. I'm now going to look real quick to see... Uh, what he did after it. Yeah, I'm gonna feel bad if he actually directed a really great movie, and I'm just being a bitch. Okay, he did like he did do one that I like, but it's it's totally embarrassing that I liked it. Um, was the Three Musketeers? It's so freaking doofy, but I love that movie. Oh, I don't know he if I've did seen it. Resident Evil Apocalypse. Well, he's a writer on that. Okay, I love the Resident um, Evil movies. Yeah, no shame he, in my he game. Says, he writ he wrote those. Writ those. Oh, good god, he wrote those. Um, but doesn't mean he directed. And looks like he's got, he did Death Race and director. 
that's really it. Resident Alien versus Predator. Fuck you ha. for that one, buddy. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, Jan yeah. has very strong feelings about Alien. Oh, I have very strong feelings about Alien being perfection, and then you try to bring Predator into this, and I will just, ooh, we will not be friends. <laughs> I can't take Predator seriously because of Archer. <laughs> oh, I Because he's scared that. of Predator. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, like, it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger to me, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Which is fun, but, like, not scary. Yeah. Is it okay? Um, I don't. I have this personal theory because Arnold Schwarzenegger's done a couple like sci fi type horror stuff. I have this personal mm-hmm. th- theory that when Arnold Schwarzenegger's the star, the star you can't be scared. I like agree obviously with that. he's gonna save the day. Yeah, it's literally in his contract. <laughs> <laughs> like, if somebody was if somebody told me aliens are presently invading the earth, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's on it, I'd be like, cool, I'm not worried. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> muscles beat everything all the time. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, this was all filmed at Pinewood Studios on the Bond stage. I meant to look up. I think they also filmed. There was another movie we talked about that may have been on Pinewood as well. Um, but I forgot to check. Uh, it was filmed in 86 days. And um, the director was offered the opportunity to create the director's cut he'd always wanted to include a lot of the unseen footage that the studio forced him to cut. But um, this was a few years later. Due to poor archiving, the copies that they had of all that unseen footage didn't survive. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, just poof, gone. It it can't be salvaged. Um, There was a ton more blood and gore that he was forced to cut. Because when it was first submitted to the MPAA, he got the kiss of death, the NC-17 writing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then they had to cut, cut a fair amount of that out. The first draft was to have aliens infest the ship, but Anderson, the director, said there is only one true alien horror movie that he would never try to compete with, and he wanted to make more of a haunted house in space concept. I love the concept. I agree that I don't think the execution went as well. Um, There was an additional beginning that was storyboarded but never completed where the movie would have started off kind of like an action movie where the Lewis and Clark crew was rescuing some miner out on a, like, drilling operation. Um, And then from there, they would have received the Event Horizon distress call, but ultimately, uh, due to budget cuts, they just cut that whole thing. Oh, I would have liked that. I think so, too, because you're right. The way it jumps right in, you're just sort of left, like, trying to catch up, and the movie itself never really catches up to let us understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, And then there were three different alternate endings that were also filled. Oh, filled. (laughs) Filmed. (laughs) In the first ending, Miller fights with Weir in the core. This version didn't have the jump scare at the end. It's not a fucking jump scare. When the last three survivors were found by the rescue crew, um, instead, Stark, instead of seeing Weir, she hears screams of the Event Horizon crew before Cooper wakes her up. And so that was that was the original ending until they decided that one more scare is never a bad idea. I mean, and that's a, I, I feel like that's a decent philosophy for when you're making a horror movie. One more scare is never a bad idea, but it should just be a very loose rule. 
Yes. <laughs> um, in the second ending, uh, Captain Miller is fighting with the Burning Man from his visions instead of Weir. Um, but they changed that because the audience didn't like it, um, which I, I think makes sense. Like, I don't think Weir should have gone launched into space and then have a morphing thing happen. But I, I, I wouldn't have felt anything towards this Burning Man hallucination versus if Weir was an actual tangible threat, even though he's got, like, spooky dimensional powers well i mean i think what we're supposed to get from the movie is that the the like hallucinations are actually like the ship talking to them and manipulating them but Mm -hmm. i don't think that's made super clear Mm -hmm. so we it really would have just been like he's fighting his hallucination what yeah yeah um, and then the third ending that was used in the final cut is a combination of the first two endings. Just instead of fighting the Burning Man, Miller fights with Weir, and the jump scare was included at the very end of the movie. So that's the one that, that we see. Yeah. Um, ta-da! That's all I got. <laughs> uh, so I don't have that much in the real lore section, but I am going to tell you, because you asked what happens yes. when you like go out in space. Because it scares the batootie out of me! I am going to um, just say that uh, they figured out a lot of this through animal experimentation in the 1960s, which I am taking to assume that they just, like, put animals out in space. So, fuck them. Fuck Um, them. Yeah. But I am getting... My source is Mm CNET.com. And so the first thing that you would notice if you went out in space is that you don't have any air. Which I always thought that it was something like you just freeze to death super fast. Like you don't even have a chance to asphyxiate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but you wouldn't lose consciousness uh, right away. It takes up to 15 seconds for your body to use up oh. the remaining oxygen that re- is reserved in your bloodstream. That seems like a lot, a long time. Uh-huh. I don't know why Josh felt the need to text me just now. Um, <laughs> He's probably texting you like, no, it's more like 17 seconds. Julie, <laughs> no, it's more like this. <laughs> Um, apparently it's super dangerous for you to hold your breath in space. Um, but you could, if you're not holding your breath, um, you could survive for as long as two minutes without permanent oh. injury in space. What? What? Yeah. Which I thought that people just died altogether. Like I thought you just yeah. died like immediately when you went out in space. I thought it'd be like a super quick opt out. Uh. But I mean, that makes sense. So for when they're flying at, when, um, the captain is trying to save Justin and he's like, mm-hmm. release all the air from your, from your lungs. Because yeah, if you so hold your breath, the loss uh-huh. of external pressure would cause the gas inside your lungs to expand, which would <gasps> rupture them. Shit. Emer- <laughs> ew, 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 no. No. Yeah, so if you ever find yourself expelled into the vacuum of space, the first thing you should do is exhale. Oh my god. Ugh. After about 10 seconds or so, your skin and tissue underneath will begin to swell. As the water in your body starts to vaporize in the absence of atmospheric pressure. Oh, God. You won't balloon to the point of exploding as the human skin is strong enough to keep from bursting. And oh. if you are quickly brought back to atmospheric pressure, your skin and tissue will return to normal. I regret asking for this information. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, It won't affect your blood since your circulatory system is able to keep your blood pressure regulated unless you go into Mm -hmm. shock, but the moisture Mm -hmm. on your tongue may begin to boil. What? As reported by Jim LeBlanc, who was exposed to near vacuum in a test chamber in 1965. LeBlanc's suit sprung a leak 
and he remained conscious for about 14 seconds and his last sensation was bubbling on his tongue he did survive he was okay Um, you're also if you go out in space you'll be exposed to unfiltered cosmic radiation so you can expect to get a sunburn and decompression Uh sickness which i think you can also get in water um but my what i always thought was true was that you would freeze to death right away is not true um despite the fact that space is extremely cold uh but the heat Mm. does not leave the body quickly enough for you to freeze before you suffocate so yeah so i used to think i'm like well if like i ever got lost in space like if i i don't know why this would ever happen to me but (laughs) just because it's something that i find terrifying in movies when they're in their suits and they like float off the ships yes i'm like that's so scary i would just open up my helmet and just let let it take me but like apparently that wouldn't work (laughs) because you would just suffocate oh my god oh that's so terrible and if you're like if you die in space and your body's just floating away, um, your body would mummify or freeze, depending oh. on like what the circumstances were. Yeah. And your corpse would just drift in the vast expanse of space for a million years. Oh boy. Huh? Yuck. <laughs> I wasn't gonna do a real lore section. You asked for this. <laughs> I am terrified that I asked oh. Okay, Okay, but to give the movie credit where credit's due, it seemed like they actually did a good job with that Justin scene then. It seems like they followed what actually happened. Yeah, fuck. (laughs) Greetings and welcome. I want to play a game. Okay, so game section. I was going to ask if there was ever a part in the film where you would opt out. Um... Okay, so this is this question's kind of hard for me right now because um definitely I would opt out in a space thing where it's like now we're just trapped on the space station waiting to die. I'd be like, mm-hmm. "Welp, see you later. I'm not mm-hmm. doing that." Um mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's actually a point in this movie where the characters have a chance to do that because they still have hope. They're like, "We're going to repair oh, the yeah. ship. We're going to So, I mean, I definitely would have jumped at those chances because dying in space is terrifying mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but the mm-hmm. minute the minute that I was like, we're not getting off this space station, I would I would be looking for an opt out solution. I'm like, I'm not suffocating. Oh <laughs> yeah, no way, no way. There's got to be something. I I was thinking that too. Like, obviously, there would be the the realistic point of like, you don't get to be an astronaut and not have like contingency plans or like be able to be strong enough to fight through this. Like, I would literally in the beginning be like, just put me in stasis and wake me when we get home. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's what I would want is like, is there a way that you could like go into stasis so you fall asleep and then just don't wake up? Yeah, like that's that's the kind of opt out I want is like the easiest, most painless. Let yeah, I mean that's probably what you what you do in the situation. Um, too is like if they if they actually reach a point where they're like, we have no hope of getting home or we just have to wait and hope somebody rescues us. The only thing they could do is put themselves in stasis and just hope. Yeah, which yeah. is exactly what Sigourney Weaver does in Alien. Yes. Yep. With the cat. <laughs> With her cat. Um, okay, what do you think you would be haunted by? Like, what would be something that would work for you to kind of lure you and drive you crazy? And I have a very sad <laughs> answer to this. <laughs> uh, so, 
I don't think the black hole would actually have to do anything because I think the circumstances of being in space <laughs> trapped on a ship that like doesn't have any go to it would be enough for me. <laughs> the, the portal's just like, nah, she's good. She's good. <laughs> she's good. <laughs> I was trying to, I think for me, it would have to be like one of my dogs. Like, I think Aww. that would be, and I feel terrible being like, how did this woman follow her son everywhere and not, re-, you know, but I think if like I saw Lacey or, or Juno or, you know, something like that running around the ship, like there would be this moment of like, but what if it is real? And I would go running. So you yeah, understand well. Peter's better than you let on. Yeah, but I'm being an asshole and I'm like, I get it for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Childless problems. Childless problems. I mean, I like legit sometimes have moments where I'm like, I don't want to have a kid just because I don't want to love anything that much because by everybody's standards, I would love it more than my dogs and I can't even imagine. So I know. What does that even, what does that even begin to look like? Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think I want to love anything that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much. It's too it's much. too much. I would just live my life in constant anxiety that something was going to happen to my child. <laughs> That's literally what I do with the dogs. I went for a walk with Becca and we had, we had all four dogs and I was walking, uh, Maggie instead of, instead of my two, Aaron had, uh, Lacey and then Becca had Juno. And so I was walking Maggie and the whole time I was like, Maggie, like, don't go too close to the road. Maggie, don't eat that. That could be, you know, blah, 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 blah. And Becca was just like, is this how you walk the dogs? Like I am having anxiety just listening to your anxieties. And I was like, yes, death and danger is everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Just how I exist. Sometimes when Josh and I are walking the dogs, we'll like get like 30 feet from a road and I'll be like, Josh, how tight are you holding Rex's leash? Yes. hundred percent. Like Rex is going to like the minute we get near a road, Rex is just going to break free and run into traffic. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so like, kill me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go hug this car, mom. Be right back. (laughs) Maybe it'll stop and I'll get to go for a car ride and it'll be the best day ever. He's going to take me to go get ice cream. (laughs) So I've got a couple would you rathers. I'm afraid. All right, let's do it. I couldn't even like think of any because I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I had some extreme ones that I like deleted. Like, would you rather like pull out your own eyeballs or would you rather be like dissected? And then I was like, no. <laughs> too far. Too far. <laughs> so would you rather deal with a black hole, a sentient black hole, or aliens? Oh, gosh. Wait, by aliens, we're just meaning in general, not like the alien aliens? Yeah, I meant it in general. Like, okay. may- we- maybe we don't know what these aliens are doing, but they're not nice aliens. Oh. <laughs> I'm probably going to pick the thing that's, like, physical and that even though it's an alien and I can't communicate, it's better than the black hole, which I have, like, no concept of controlling or... So I'm going to pick aliens. Yeah. I'm probably going to regret that. What about you? <laughs> I would I would pick aliens as well um, for the whole thing of I don't like the idea of not being able to trust my own mind. Yes. That's terrifying to me. Ooh, yeah. At least, at least with aliens, like, you got a shot. Exactly. And the psychological torture is just, there's something really messed up about it. Yes. Okay, so would you rather be trapped on a wayward space station or trapped in a cave with creatures trying to eat you? Oh, God. And we'll say in this scenario, Um, you're just on a wayward space station. There's no aliens or black hole. 
I know. I, I'm actually still, like, tortured by that. Because <laughs> the thought of being eaten is, like, horrific. But space is so terrifying to me. Yeah. So terrifying. Okay. I want to say I could be smart enough to, like, go on the ship and trust in technology and it will all be okay. But I don't even know if I have the strength to do that. I want to pick space, but I'm probably ending up in the cave. <laughs> what about you? I think I'm going to be like, bitch, space. I'm in passengers. I got this. I'm going <laughs> swimming. I'm... <laughs> oh, I fucking hate that movie. Now I don't want to pick do. space anymore. <laughs> you ruined it no, for no, me. No, no, but you'll just be Jennifer Lawrence without the like rapey Chris Pratt <laughs> component that's going on. Yeah, and do I get to be Jennifer Lawrence and just like live on a space station by myself? Because that sounds lovely. Yes, that or everybody who's awake was intentionally awake and not forced awake. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to pick Space Station and just hope that I'll be rescued. Okay, if you're there, I'll go with you. If I have to go by myself... No, get off my ship. <laughs> no, take me with you! <laughs> Julie! <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so we have one more episode to go. Nettie, do you want to announce the movie we're doing for our last episode? Yes. We are going to do The Final Girls. Mm, I'm so excited. Me too. When you showed me this movie, like, I I cry in this movie. Spoiler yeah. alert. I fucking cry. Oh, man. I'm so, I'm so this thrilled. Movie. This is like my go-to movie when people are like, I don't like horror movies. I'm like, but have you seen The Final Girls? It's <sighs> like a horror comedy, but I just think it's so good. That's so much better than me saying go see the ruins. Ugh. So much better. What is up with that? That is such a weird no. go-to. No wonder I have no friends that will watch scary movies with me. You're doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Damn it. But yeah, I'm, I think that's also just super fitting for like our final episode of our, you know, season one. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it in our next episode. But just we're going to take a little hiatus and come back with some fresh new, well, not not new horror movies, but just Halloween jam packed right into the holidays, some Christmas ones. And ooh, before we go, I just opened up our email and your dad sent us a flipping off emoji. So go deal with your father. <laughs> go deal with my, oh, no. For the very last episode, he says we swear too much. So for the very last episode, we have to say the F word as much as we can. I'm going to write us a fuck song and the only lyrics are going to be fuck. <laughs> Stay Done. tuned. Done. Done. Looking forward to that, Dad. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, guys. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could go ahead and give us five stars and maybe maybe review, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. It would mean a lot to us. Yeah. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Lawn Horror Podcast. Twitter at Lawn Horror Pod. We have a Facebook page, Lawn Horror. Check out our website, lawnhorror.com. Send us an email at lawandhorror at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail at 909-666-0159. Hey guys, never drop your weapon. And don't forget to double tap. Musical fade out. <laughs>